Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Shock Your Potential, where you know all month long we are talking about, of course, this is a new year, but in 2021, we are going to have a really flexible focus because we know now that you never know what may happen. And I want to make sure that we're keeping that kind of flexibility in our mind at all times. And our guest today is going to help us look at this from a couple different perspectives. Jason Troy is an executive coach. He works with executives, entrepreneurs, and rising stars, which I think we all know that we've got that in us, to maximize their leadership potential and performance and build and execute your career blueprint, which you know, if you listen to me at any time, is one thing that I'm really passionate about is how you take control of your executive career choice. He's also a best-selling author of Social Wealth, a how-to guide on building extraordinary business relationships, and it's sold more than 45,000 copies. I might have to pick his brains on how to sell more of my books. He was a featured uh, TEDx uh, speaker in Wilmington in 2017, where he debuted his breakthrough team-building game, Cards Against Mundanity. <laughs> which I love, Cards Against Humanity. And he hosts podcast podcast show himself, Executive Breakthroughs, where he brings on game-changing CEOs, entrepreneurs, and experts. And they share not only their breakthroughs, but their breakdowns, which we always know, talking about what didn't work, sometimes teaching teaches us much more than what did work. So Jason, thank you for joining us today. Hey, it's great to be here and talk to your fantastic tribe. <laughs> I have a great audience. I really love them. And they're very, very passionate about what they do. So I know that you're going to have a lot of great tips for us. And so I like to hit the highlights on your bio, but I'd like to leave the rest of it up to you. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your business, and how you help people to shock their potential. Well, like anyone's career is a windy road, how I ended up here, right? It's corporate America and went out to Silicon Valley. I got to work with Steve Jobs, with Mark Cuban, with the CEO of Netflix and a lot of other people. So, you know, right place, right time, opportunity, some of it's fortunate. You know, a lot of it's just working hard and making some good choices in, in your life and your business career. And then, you know, later on, as I was going through this, I realized things that I enjoyed. Part of it was the human behavior element of this and the choices and culture and the people operations were the things in times when I would do my best, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I found that it really didn't matter what I was doing, that that was when I maximized my own potential, produced the best results and was the happiest. And so I thought to myself, well, you know, how, why not focus on that and help people try to recreate that in their own world? And then decided to try this, you know, like as a side hustle and you know, <laughs> did it as I had, you know, full-time job and, you know, then just made the transition over time as I proved, 
the model would work and actually someone would give me money, right? Because end of the day, <laughs> right? Like a lot of people have ideas, but you know, someone told me early on until someone gives you a dollar for your idea, it really doesn't matter. So um, I felt like that was a good way. And then just, you know, started in this, you know, eight, nine years ago. And here I am and working through a crazy pandemic. And, you know, today <laughs> I work with different groups of people. I work with organizations, I work with individuals, and then I work with teams. And it's really spanning anything from their career blueprint. I have people in transitions, no matter where they are. I have people that get stuck in their career path, don't know mm -hmm. what to do, want to get promoted advancement. And I have another set of people that just, you know, they need to improve on their skill sets, right? Management, leadership, teamwork, other things. And then, you know, organizationally, then it's training their teams, their leaders, their managers, and then, you know, a lot of HR people come to me about HR function specific things. And so that part of it's, you know, and then underlying it, a lot of speaking. So I love doing that. It's always fun on a lot of different issues. So that's what I do every day. I love it. Um, you know, when uh, I was taking notes, which I always do, but I love when you talk about, you know, getting people focused on improving their skill set. That's something I'm really, really passionate about. And with, um, with leaders, especially to have a level of awareness to know when, you know, like you talk about their breakthroughs and their breakdowns is that to me, one of the most important parts of all of our professional journeys is being able to look at the mirror and say, okay, you're not, you're not right on with this. You know, maybe you're not, um, relating to your team well enough. Maybe you're not motivating enough. Maybe you haven't learned the skill of delegation or how to develop somebody to the next level. And I've seen a lot of leaders in my time and some that, you know, are, are very, very good. Some that are very, very bad. And um, the ones that I'm always most concerned with are the ones that have no idea how to reflect and how to use what they see in that reflection to make themselves better. So it sounds like that's something that you're really passionate about and you try and bring out in people. What kind of challenges do you see when you're working with people? And maybe they don't, maybe they don't take the best, most clear look in that, in that mirror. Well, the lack of self-awareness, right? I mean, Tasha Yurik is like probably the number one self-awareness person. And she's got a great book called Insight. And I've spoken to her quite a few times. And you know, their research said that 95% of people think they're self-aware, but only 10 to 15% are. And the skew is <laughs> it's higher for women than men. Uh, or like if you take a look at the data and numbers, and I would say that's the biggest problem when I'm working with people is that they get in the way of their success. Because like Brene Brown and Tim Ferriss had a podcast early in the year and Tim Ferriss has changed his entire business around instead of being more about efficiency, it's more about his mind because he realized that's what held him back in his business and his personal and professional life was mm -hmm. his lack of understanding between his ears and his own self-awareness was really holding him back. And, you know, that, I think that is the biggest challenge for anyone 30 to 60 is your own, you know, mental awareness of your own behaviors and patterns and, and you know, your curiosity to dig through that Mm -hmm. And to stay open and be humble and look at that because that's what stops more leaders. I mean, that's the biggest issue with all organizations is the leadership lack of self-awareness and commitment to their own skill sets and understanding what's required to get better. Because 
smart people hit a ceiling at some point, right? You run out of runway that you can do as an individual and it is different levels for every, you know, every person, but eventually you hit there. So if you don't invest in yourself and don't invest in understanding what's around you and stay curious about how can I get better? What effect am I having on other people? Um, and not look at it like I've been successful, so therefore I'm right, which is most people. I mean, that's, it's, it is much rarer when you find people doing this and going out, but it is eventually your downfall. And what happens to people is it's a slow unraveling. It's very, it's very seldom that someone falls off a cliff. So what will end up happening is the business won't do as well. And then over the years, it'll start to decline. They'll find mm -hmm. their personal life starts to decline as well. But like most, I mean, how many people are getting married and getting divorced in six months? It's usually taking, you know, years, right? Or decades. And then they end Only up- Only if you're divorced. very, very famous. Yeah, well, that's true, right? Exactly. That, that's, that's true. <laughs> there you go. But outside of that, it really, so it's, it's a, the slow unraveling is the problem for people because they don't see the precipitous decline because it's easy. It's hard to look at it over time. And I would say to you that that is really the first place and the effect that you have on other people, right? So I think it's, and today the data shows you, Gartner was showing some, Gartner Group was showing some uh, data on this new skill sets that someone's going to have to have. And, you know, back in 2013, it was like 13 core skill sets that they would need on soft and hard skills. And going into 2022, it's going to be upwards of, you know, I think somewhere around 20 to 21 um, that someone's going to need. And a lot of those ones back in 20, you know, the early part are going to be gone. So it's a lot more that you're going to have a master and be better. And I think after COVID, it's also brought up a lot that is going to be required of a manager yes. and a leader and an individual as well to be successful. Yes. And so that really changes the game and the landscape overall. And so you're going to see a lot, there's massive opportunity, but then there's massive hurdles for the people that have those positions as well, that yeah. they could find themselves in really challenging situations and out of jobs or like having to take step back or mm -hmm. being, you know, promoted around because other people get ahead of them and take several yep. steps. So I think that's going to be the huge challenge going forward because the rules of the game are massively shifting. Mm -hmm. And I think people are very slow to adjust and they have been over time because it's the same thing in business school. It's like, like they don't teach you soft skills. They don't teach you teamwork. They don't teach you real communication. They don't focus on all of the areas that if you look in jobs for leaders and successful leaders and managers are really the things that are helping them get to those levels. And that becomes the problem because you don't really know what it is to do and you're not learning them and it's not in the back of your head. So it's, you know, these are the things that I think are shaping people's career. And this is, even if you're a solopreneur or you're whatever, these are all the same skill sets and many of the things that you will need to get than if you're working in a Fortune 100 company. Yeah, well, and you know, you bring up so many great points, and I think about, you know, since um, you know the change of you know COVID and having so many more people work remotely, you know, the person who might have been the great motivating sales manager, for instance, you know, and in there in the field and doing ride-alongs, well, when that changed, and you know, even when you know things get more maybe like they used to be. 
um, it's still going to be different because you're not going to have that all the time. And so the flexibility of a leader, a sales leader in that environment to, okay, say, well, how do I still motivate my team when I'm not in there going, rah, 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 let's go, or here's this and let's try this right now. They're just different skill sets um, that if, I mean, bringing onboarding employees in a remote environment, making them feel attached to the company, to their team. Now, these are a different level of those soft skills than we've ever seen before, and especially at this level. I mean, certainly there's been a lot yes. of remote work, workforces, but at this level, you know, these are game changers that can change somebody's career pretty quickly. In their, and, and it comes down to performance. It comes down to profit. It comes down to mm -hmm. loss. It comes down to metric. These are all... All the things I'm bringing about it all metric related, right? And there's enough data correlating that to the bottom line effectiveness and efficiency. And that's the problem, right? Because if you don't onboard someone, right? Would every time you put a new individual in a team, you lower the overall performance. And they've looked yeah. at this research, right? So the problem is, is if you onboard someone properly and maximize them, it's a significant lift to your sales team if you're looking at that and what they're able to do and perform and actually make money on, or you're going to lower. And mm -hmm. really all of these things, it's the same thing with hiring, right? It's, am I hiring mm -hmm. the right people? Am I creating you know, the right opportunities for my managers? Like how are they doing their one-on-ones? How are they managing mm -hmm. their remote teams, right? properly or not across the board how are they looking at you know because one of the other big issues i all the time here is poor communication across groups in an organization whether it's five people ten people or you know ten thousand people it's really become difficult for people in order to like just collaborate and do teamwork and to have it go down to everyone else and work across and so you're seeing a lot of managers having to put out fire drills get all these phone mm -hmm. calls right and they're not really able to do their own work strategically. And so they're mm -hmm. having to look down in the organization and not look up. Yeah. And that causes yeah. a whole another set of challenges because you're not really looking at what's coming next. You're just having to keep the wheels on the wagon more than ever. And, uh, and, and so all of these things come into play more than ever because if you have people in a room, you, you can exert a lot more control and there's a lot more things because serendipitous conversations happen in the hallway after yeah. meetings before people can walk into your office so there's a lot more things that you can make up by chance and by luck and when you're remote and you're not there with everyone every day that doesn't happen like that anymore so true. so the people that can figure these things out have a distinct strategic advantage that goes to the bottom line of their business Mm -hmm. And they either have to learn it or other people will, and they'll outflank them and they'll take their market and they'll take their market share. And, you know, I see all the time, I've got clients who are tiny organizations that are able to outflank ones that are, you know, I have a couple of organizations that are under 10 people that are consistently winning deals off of companies that are 50, 100, 500 people. Yeah. And, you know, all, all the time I say, well, Five of you are better than them because you're completely coordinated and lockstep and all are doing the right things to be efficient and effective as a group. So you're going to continue to do this as long as you expand, you keep the same principles, values, skills, and priorities across the board. You can start to continually expand and start to grow and you'll be highly efficient and effective. Yeah. And I think that just comes down to exactly what you said about the, you know, the, the willingness to, um, 
to to work on your skill set and invest in your skill set. And I've heard a lot lately from people who um, are very dismayed because their organization has, uh, I don't want to know if defund is the right word, but are not currently uh, investing in training within their organizations because they're having to make tough choices in their businesses as well. And I had somebody say to me, you know, I don't know what to do because, you know, I can't go to conferences. So, you know, my company tells me I'm important and my training's important, but they're not investing in me. And I said to this person, I said, you know, when I started as a leader, when I was my hired my very first employee <laughs> eons ago, I didn't have a training department. There was no training budget. So what did I do? I bought books. I went to Fred Pryor seminars, you know, I bought, I bought books on tape before, you know, <laughs> before they were books on tape, you know, uh, before there were podcasts. And I became a voracious um, learner for my own self, because if I didn't even think somebody else is going to do it. And I, I really challenged this person to say, you've got to decide if you're going to invest in yourself, because regardless of whether your company does, you need to continue to improve. And if you're all sitting here and you, you've got five colleagues and, and you're all sitting there waiting for somebody to hand you a magic, you know, training budget or to train, you know, you to train your teams, you're all just going to be sitting there where, while things go on around you. But if you're the one versus your colleagues that says, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to motivate my team. I'm going to learn how to invest in myself. Then you're going to be the one that outperforms your colleagues because you're not sitting still waiting for it to happen. And it's a huge investment, right? It's, you know, Tony Robbins said it's about resources or res being resourceful, not resources. And I, you know, I, I think it's completely true. And when I look back at like my client's ROI and having to measure it myself, like on the low end, it's probably three to five X for every dollar spent. And on the higher end, it's 10 X plus. And mm -hmm. I try to tell people all the time that like you see the return because other people aren't doing it that's the difference it's so low a bar a snake can crawl over it and that's why people are successful right like it's it it, it really i mean like it's I, I mean i have clients from all sets of like walks of life and men women whatever they might be and it really doesn't matter some are super smart some are just smart right some are just curious and some are just hungry and determined and it really yeah. doesn't matter their success level is all determined by them, right? Yeah. And that people around them aren't doing it. So it's not as though they have it, right? I have clients at Amazon and like they've done wondrous things around them. And you're thinking, my God, Amazon's like one of the leading companies in best. There's like small things, you know, like a tiny little thing I, one of my clients do is that he has got like 30 people that he either reports in two levels above or one down or Peter's. Over last year, I had to meet with all of them and ask a set of questions about how we can work better with them. What are they yeah. working on? What are their yeah. challenges? Like, what are their opportunities? And he's improved all these relationships with all of these people. He's found business deals and opportunities because smart people see all these trends. Yep. So he found deals now, and he's, he does work in sales of like more than a hundred million dollars of different deals and how to help people in doing it in one year. And yeah. he ended up getting promoted faster than way faster than normal as a year is very, very quickly. Right. Which made a significant impact on his financial outlook. Right. And what Absolutely. he was able to do. And that's all he did over a year. He just sat down, asked him questions and followed up. 
And, what? and, and he asked <laughs> all of them, he said, how many people have gone in, like my peers or, or your peers gone in and done this across the board? And there wasn't a single person. We're talking yeah. Amazon, right? And I give this an example for people to realize that like, these are star players, like, right. and they're not doing it. So if you do it, Imagine what the opportunity is and what you're able to do when you have the secret sauce and all the rest of these things and you have yourself, right? And just stay curious. Yeah. It's, it's, a pretty, it's pretty amazing across the board and just things like teamwork, right? And understanding that like no baby was born under being a great leader or manager, understanding how to do teamwork, right? Like it's <laughs> learned behaviors. We have yeah. to learn it, right? I mean, and so if you learn it like you learn geometry or English or anything else and look at it like that, you can get really good at all these things. And that's what's required at moving forward with people and having to do this. I think that's a such a great example of, you know, somebody really taking charge, not only of their own trajectory, but really proving around them not to not to make themselves better not to be saying hey look at me look at me i'm great but saying how can i make you better how can i make our relationship better how can we make this company better and those are the questions that elevate and that's when i always ask people what do people say about you when you're not in the room so what words are they using behind your back yep. to describe you versus what words do you want and when you do things like that then the the things they're saying are like did you know that jason uh, have this great idea. Oh, he had this great idea for me. Oh, he made me this connection over here. Oh, look what that did for my business. And all of a sudden you're the connector or you're the idea or you're the hand across the bridge. And those words being described about you as an individual, as a professional, those are game changers for somebody's career. They really are. And there's simple things to do, right? I have some people do how to work with me manuals, right? Like things that you, they put down, like, what are your pet peeves? Like, what's the best way to communicate with you, right? Like, if you're in yeah. a bad day, what's, a, what's one way to get you out of this, right? And set those questions. And I have mm -hmm. managers that are using it with their teams. But yeah. then I told them as well, use it with your clients, with your partners, with your boss, yes. with yes. your colleagues, and with the people that are above you, even if they don't give you one. Because yeah. you actually may get one from them, which sometimes happens, or more importantly, they understand how to better interact with you, which yeah. helps your relationship with them. Yeah. And so there's a lot like, and that stuff takes maybe like 30 minutes to fill out and it can be a game changer for someone to do. So I'd say a lot, that's why a lot of these things are pretty simple for people to do. They're not hard, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And they can make yeah. a massive impact because a lot of this stuff that we're talking about is come from misunderstanding guessing, yeah. analyzing people, seeing people through your eyes, not through theirs, which is a lack of empathy and a lot of mm -hmm. other things that cause us challenges when people are not like us and we yeah. don't understand them. And when we do, it can be a game changer. And so you have to find ways to help yourself be in that place and help other people see you and work around their blind spots and their challenges mm -hmm. because we know they're not going to invest in themselves. So you have to create <laughs> tools and things to work around all this. Otherwise, even if you do and they don't, that won't necessarily help you. And so I think when you look at that and you understand that that's the difference between getting promoted, being successful, it's not mm -hmm. your IQ and how hard you work and your performance alone, 
Because if that were the case, then every great sales rep would be a great sales manager. And we know right. that's not true. We know that's not true. Right? So this isn't about all the things that people think it is. And the challenges for them is to realize that it starts with every person and they have got to make a commitment to being curious and be a lifelong learner and invest in themselves. And then success mm -hmm. will come. It's not if, right? It's it will because it's impossible because the rest of the people around will not do it mm -hmm. for a lot of other reasons. And when you talk about training, you know, some of the times too, you can go to HR department or the training or whatever and ask for money and they'll often will give it to you if you show them a plan and things that you're doing, right. even if they don't have it or your boss or someone else, or they'll at least watch it and see it. And if you do it, you can go back a year later and try again. And if you've done right. well, they often will give in and say, well, you know what? I mean, you're, we want to invest in you because we see your progress and commitment. So right. you just have to stay diligent, follow up, ask questions and dig and there is money to be found across the board that can, you know, that can be there. Now, you know, it's not always going to be the case, right? But right. you got to try. I mean, it doesn't well, hurt. And even, if, and even if they don't give it to you, sometimes if you say, okay, well, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, and then you go back later and say, by the way, I invested in this myself. Here's what it's meant for the organization. Here's what it's, you know, meant yeah. for me. Here's what it's done for the bottom line or the top line. Um, you can get a lot of attention that way. And maybe the next time you come and make a request, they go, well, wait, okay, let's talk about it. Maybe we can. And so that's part of that investing in yourself. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And a lot of times that's what it takes, right? People to follow up and to do it. And the difference is when you ask for something like that, is you're showing the organization you're hungry and you care and you want to do yeah. better. It's not the same thing as asking for a raise or a promotion right. or more. It's completely different. So you don't have to feel like they're asking for a handout when you're doing that because you're trying to better yourself for your position and the organization itself. So they're two separate things. So yeah. people don't get mad at other people that make these requests. They might say it's not there, but I've never heard of that ever happening before from anyone. It's not the same thing as someone asking for money. So um, it's yeah. one of these things that anyone can do and consistently do. And I think you'll find that in some instances, you, you found money where it didn't exist and others, um, you'll leave a different impression on people of the things that you're doing, um, even if you never get anything from them. So there's yeah. benefits in trying and um, going about that process. I, I absolutely agree. And you're right. I mean, it really comes down to showing, hey, I want to continue to be better in this job. I want to be continually better for this company. And I understand that my training and the advancement of my skill set will be of an increased value to this organization. And, and believing that and really understanding that, that, you know, businesses have to make decisions on ROI. And, um, and so when we're asking for those things or looking for those things to think in terms of ROI, you know, let me show you what this is going to give back to the organization. And um, you may not always get it, but it also proves that you're thinking in the better, um, for the, the betterment of the entire company. And that's when I remember, you know, with people who, um, you know, reported to me over the years, I might not always have it in my budget then, 
but I'd always say, well, okay, let's talk about when the budget's aligned, what, how we do this, how we put things like this in so we can talk about it. And I may have to say no for right now, but that doesn't mean no forever. Thank you for bringing it up, but here's what I need from you, you know, and then I, you know, give them something back to see how they'd come back to me. And those people that wanted to make themselves better were always, um, proving to me in other ways that they were continuing to work on themselves. They'd be sending me, Hey, I just read this book. Hey, I just listened to this, you know, this book on tape or podcast or whatever. And those things always made me better too. So then just by sheer force, sometimes I would give those people more opportunity to share with their, their teams and colleagues, which gives them more visibility, you know, just to try and keep that sense of the more we work on ourselves, the better we are all going to be for it. Yep. And I think the other way for people to think about this too, is the reason why you want to invest in yourself is not only do you have to have yourself be better, you have to raise everyone else around you up. Right. So yeah. that's why I found, you know, years ago, the teamwork issue is one of the critical parts of businesses that they consistently miss. And I always say the teamwork is a strategic priority yet. I've never seen it on a top five list for a company, right? Because that causes more problems than anything else for people is the inability to work in their team across teams and to get the most out of people because that mm -hmm. is the difference, right? Because in today's world, it's not just about your performance anymore. It's about performance of other people. How many people mm -hmm. listening to this have got performance bonuses linked to what the company does, right? Or what their team yeah. does or what their group right. does, right? Well, that is why you need to look at how can I improve my communication with people, everything else across the, how can I work with people better, right? How can I get the most out of them? How can I use peer recognition? How can I use all these other things to lift up the people around me, right? Even if I'm an individual contributor, and even if your manager doesn't do it, there's a lot of things that you can do to go around to make people better. Like, you know, one of the things I told people, you know, at Thanksgiving or any other time, and you could probably make this up is to send people cards, right. Or whatever. And just say, thank you for being, you know, helping me this year on this project or that one. Right. And I appreciate it. And it really made an impact for me and tell them why. And you could write three sentences in an email and you could say, you know, I just want to thank you around, you know, Thanksgiving time, or you could just do it at any point, right? Like every quarter, you could say, look, I'm going to write a note to all my teammates, thanking right. them for one thing they've done for me, spend three lines doing it. Like, what did they do? What was the impact? And just saying you're grateful and that's it, right? Or yeah. people in the company that you're working with. And I mean, it's pretty simple. Yeah. And that will, they'll never have gotten that from someone else. And let me tell you, every one of those people will want to work with you because yeah. they'll know you care about them. And the underlying thing of all great teamwork is trust. And the number one factor of trust is caring. And yeah. so that is your currency right now is getting the most out of those relationships. And so it's looking at the little things, that, you know, I invented the game cards against mundanity for people because end of the day, I started to look at, you know, I was reading a research report by Professor Arthur Aaron back in 1997, and he was saying on how he was trying to build interpersonal closeness between people. And I was reading a New York Times article about a woman fell in love and went to a bar and she uh, asked 36 questions to some guy in her first date. And I was like, well, any woman who could do that, that's pretty incredible and get a guy in a bar to answer them and then marry him. Oh. So I, had a, I clicked on it, thought it was clickbait, but it's a study and people ask vulnerable questions to each other. 
And what happened over 45 minutes is 30 percent of the people formed the closest relationship in their life. And I started to realize after that the power of asking vulnerable questions to people is the key to life and building great relationships super quick. We just don't do it because we feel like we have to wait to know someone or we have to have like a tragic situation where we share like our like, you know, painful stuff. Or we have these chance encounters of people where you meet people and we're vulnerable, right? And you just run into someone and you feel like in five or 10 minutes, you've known them all your life. It's happened to everyone at least once. Well, Mm -hmm. why couldn't you just do it all the time if you understood why? And the key thing is, is when you can ask questions of people, especially in groups that are vulnerable, everyone answers like cards against humanity. And what happens is once people share they start to look around the room and everyone in their team and they see, you know, I thought that person was different. They're a lot like me because either they had a similar experience or a similar emotion. And then you think maybe I didn't get it completely right with them. And you see them through new eyes mm-hmm. and it brings you closer together and it opens the door to crack. And a crack is an opportunity that you have to see that everyone is similar people, men, women, people of different races, religions, doesn't matter. Fundamentally, everyone is the same. Well, when you see that, you break down differences in your mind. And now you create psychologically people and put them in your inner circle, like you would in your personal life. And they do the same for you. And what happens then? People are willing to communicate more, compromise, work harder. They have your back. All the things that you'd want and you can do it really quickly by asking a set of questions. So I invented the game and, you know, like now 60,000 people or more have played it. And it's the same thing all the time. I play, it's like one, two, three, mic drop, no matter who it is, no matter how small, virtually, video, audio. And I even had some people do it over uh, type out questions and do it, which I had never done before. And the results were really great. Like even doing it in that way. And the key thing is, is that we meet, when you start to know people, they open up because yeah. the only people who ever do that are the people that are closest to them. So you do that yeah. at work. It's not that you have to have friends at work. It's not that you have to be best friends. And it's not like you have to know everything about them, but you have to know the experiences that make people up because then you can work better with them and it makes it easier for you. So really it's a way to also be selfish because now you can work more effectively and efficiently and work better with them in less time because you know them. Plus it's a lot more fun and it's a lot more enjoyment and fulfilling working with people that you actually care about. Not maybe that you're friends with, but you care about and they know they care about you. Who wouldn't want to work in an environment like that? Right. Well, and especially, you know, the more we are going to see people working remotely, because we know that yeah. that's going to be a part of the future. And that that's a way to build a bridge. And it's I, I think I well, I can't remember if I shared this with you, but my entire team is is remote. They're based out of Kenya. So we've got, you know, time differences, continent differences. And uh, so when I have my our weekly team meeting, I try and ask a, a, a kind of unique question. And the one I had most fun with is I said, OK, I want everybody to share their most embarrassing childhood story. <laughs> and we got the funniest stories from people. 
And it, it was just this moment of, oh my gosh, that that's hilarious. And usually when it's a child, I don't, I don't want to know your most embarrassing adult story because that might be too much information, but as yes. a child, you know, those are innocent things. And they're, <laughs> they're moments where you're like, oh, I can't believe I did that, but they're charming and they're adorable. And one day then I asked everybody to share their favorite recipe, either to make or to eat and why. And so we learned about, you know, different family traditions and histories and things. So it, 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 you know, it, and, and after that, everybody's like, you know, wanted to know each other's recipes, share each other's recipes. And, you know, so as you build, you know, you find these connections, those personal connections don't have to make sure you're best friends, but they can build bridges. Absolutely. And it's the best time used, right? Because here's yeah. the thing, if you have a 60 minute meeting, half the things you're talking about don't matter anyways. All you're talking about <laughs> is what you did and other things. So taking 10, 15 minutes to do this oh, yeah. is way better time spent because then what will happen is people are much more willing to spend a lot more time working with each other, calling and doing whatever than they would have before because they like each other at yeah. some level or they care about it or they're willing to do it or they're not afraid and all the other benefits that come out of this and they're cumulative over time. And that's why you do questions like that. You don't have to do them all the time, but you do them enough and then you do different things and they build upon each other. And the great thing about all this stuff is they're free. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, and they absolutely. make people happy. And that's why, and that's, if you look at the data, people that are happy, fulfilled, feel like they're progressing, don't leave jobs. It takes Absolutely. a lot of money, right? There were last year they were looking at the data and it said for people that were highly engaged and highly satisfied in the position, it would take 15 to 20% more compensation for them to leave. That's a huge increase That's, that you, yeah. you basically make it that unless the competition really wants that person and you, they're willing to pay significantly more than you, as long as you're paying them fair, right? Like it makes it pretty prohibitive for someone to take someone from you or it makes it a lot harder. And they're Absolutely. and what they're doing is they're thinking, well, why would I want to leave? Right. Like, is yeah. it that much better there? It could be a lot worse. But right. on the on the other side, if they don't, what they think to themselves is, well, you know what, I can make another five hundred dollars a month or a thousand dollars a month. Like I mean, I'd rather have that if the environment's going to be the same. But the other person right. says five hundred dollars a month. I got to pay taxes on that. Like, is it's really two fifty a week? Well, no, it's probably one eighty. Mm -hmm. Right, and and they talk themselves out of even wanting to take the other position. So your retention is going to go up. So all the things you just said that you do, like they're like the root. And they solve all of the leaf on the tree problems I talk about with people yeah. all the time. Yeah. And they do it in a very short period of time. And so I that's it. where it goes back to, you've got to understand how to be a great leader, a manager, right? Your teammate on teamwork, communication, and your own career blueprint of where you're going. And it's on you. You can't, you know, help is not on the way. No one's going to do this work for you. And no one is going to give you some magical guide to figure this out. It isn't out there because I've spent many years looking and trying to find like, is there one place and there isn't. So you've got to yeah. invest and you've got to start and you've got to do something because you'll be in a much better place. And if not, it's going to, you're going to have a slow unraveling over time. And then the problem mm -hmm. is when you want to get the help, you are in a deep, dark place and it takes a long time to dig out 
and there is a lot of pain and other things that you're going and forgiveness issues and other things that you have to move past. And it's you either pay the piper now or you pay yep. later. No one goes on skate. You're going to pay. <laughs> you're going to pay. It's just exactly. a matter of when and how much. And the other way is a lot, lot, lot more. We hope that you are enjoying this episode of Shock Your Potential. We're going to take a moment now to hear from our sponsor. Have you ever considered hiring a virtual assistant but didn't know where to start? Let Kukua Biz help. Kukua Biz matches talented professionals from Kenya with small businesses around the globe. Affordable weekly rates allow you to have a dedicated full-time staff member to help you with anything from administrative tasks, social media management, public relations, and more. Go to kukuabiz.com today for more information or email info at kukuabiz.com. Kukua Biz, that's K-U-K-U-A-B-I-Z.com. Well, Jason, goodness gracious, we could keep talking forever. Um, and I, <laughs> we obviously covered a lot of ground. So I know we'll have all your contact information in the show notes, but in case somebody wants to look you up right now, because they want to uh, work with you or learn more about you, how's the, what's the best way for them to find you? So you can go to uh, Jason, that's T-R-E-U.com, or you can go to cardsagainstmundanity.com and get a free download of the game. There's a paid you know, card version as well, but either way, and then the website and you can get all the information and more and love to chat. Excellent. Excellent. Well, before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? I mean, I think in 2021, you got to get a game plan and start doing some things, right? And I think your advice in the beginning of, okay, you can listen to podcasts, you can get books, um, you can start asking for money in your organization. You can start budgeting some aside. You can start doing whatever you want, right? You can go to virtual conferences that are many times affordable. You, got, you have to have a quarterly plan on the skill sets and things that you want to get better on. And otherwise, you won't get better and you're going to hit significant headwinds in your own career, no matter even if you're doing well. So I would say everyone to sit down and figure out. And if you're like, well, I'm not really sure where to do, start somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. Start trying to figure out, okay, I want to work better on teamwork or I want to be a better leader and start somewhere and start mm -hmm. working on that and commit to a small set of issues and things that you can do and then do them and learn from them. And you'll soon see the benefit payoff. And I always say that the key thing is you've got to get evidence because we are evidentiary creatures and then you're mm -hmm. willing to take more leaps of faith so get goal all in, get curious, and you know, you're going to have an incredible you know, 2021 and beyond if you do these things, and you're going to see a real difference in your life. Excellent. Thank you so much, Jason. It's been a pleasure having you as a guest today. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.